Warning, this show may contain adult content, language, and humor and is intended for mature audiences. If that's not you, please stop listening now. Nothing you hear on Sex and Science Hour is intended as medical advice, financial advice, legal advice, therapy, or really anything other than entertainment. Please take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Oh, and if you're hearing us on an affiliate network, the ideas and views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the network you're listening on or of any sponsors or affiliate products you might hear about on the show. Now that all that's out of the way, let's start the show. All right. One more disclaimer. We had a little audio fuck up at the beginning of the show. We've had this before. I'm going to try to avoid having it again. But, you know, the content was good, so we didn't want to redo it. Okay. Anyway, enough blabbering. Please bear with us for the first, like, eight minutes. It gets better. Now, on to the show. This is... Sex and Science Hour, with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. Welcome to Sex and Science Hour, and welcome back. Welcome back to us. Not everybody got the welcome that I just got. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, close your robe now. Yeah. (laughs) That was quite the welcome back. Anyway. It was. Um... You know, February was a short month, and it was a very short month for us because we only did one show in February. Yeah. <laughs> but there yeah. was a good excuse because I got sick. I got a I got a bad cold. Yes. And I got knocked out for a good half of February. Yeah. And now it's March. And we're just getting around <laughs> to doing another show. So I'm glad you y'all stuck with us. You know, sometimes Sex and Science Hour doesn't always make every Friday, but we try. We try our best. Well, we're busy amazing. people, you know. You know, it was just like something out of a Dennis Leary sketch. You took some NyQuil and you were out for like three weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I just woke up and it's March. The cue is talking to me. The cue is talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what happened during the time that we were out of the studio was Valentine's Amazingly, Day. the world is still here amazingly yeah it hasn't uh, blown Despite away Despite what yet. you read five minutes ago yeah. <laughs> we had valentine's day and you know that could be a whole discussion topic but i think we'll not talk about it because i don't personally i don't like how valentine's day makes a lot of people it seems to make a lot of people feel bad and the people with partners that they're happy with um you know a lot of them are just like, you know, every day is Valentine's Day when I'm with my partner, right? We don't need an excuse to celebrate our love. Yeah. That's kind of how you and I feel about it, Brian. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just buying you gifts all the time. <laughs> you do. You get me little <laughs> gifts and I get yeah. you gifts. And, uh, you know, it's like a, yeah. it's every day is really Valentine's Day when you're with someone you're happy with. But when people make a big deal out of it, I think it makes a lot of people feel bad, you know, especially if they're single or if they're widowed or something like that or widower you know or or whatever um or if they just you know can't find a partner never been married or whatever sure um i think a lot of people feel bad now when you're a kid your first experience of feeling bad on valentine's day is if you might get rejected by asking someone to a valentine's day school dance yeah and rejection is part of life i mean don't you think it's important for people to learn how to take rejection gracefully it might hurt it might suck if you get rejected if you ask someone out and they say no or ask someone to go to a dance with you and they say no but 
learning how to deal with that and move on is just a part of life. We all get rejected for everything, no matter how beautiful or good looking we might be. Uh, we can get rejected for jobs that we apply to, colleges that we apply to. Sure. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. And it might be, you know, nothing personal against us. They might just be, you know, they might have filled the position or whatever, or, you know, we might, uh, we might ask someone to be friends with us and they just, you know, they're moving away the next week or something like that. It's, it might be nothing personal, okay. but taking rejection is sort of part of life. Well, there is a school that has made a rule that if a boy asks a girl to go to the dance with them or to dance with them at the dance, the girl cannot say no. Wait, so there's rejection's not a part of life at this school? Apparently not. Now this is what they mean is this what they mean when they say that kids are being coddled these days and they're turning into special snowflakes who don't never have anything bad happen to them and always get a participation trophy? Uh, I, I don't think well, I don't think that's what those people mean because this is like their dream world. You mean a woman doesn't have to say no to me? This is conservative heaven. Right. You can see the uh, problematic nature of this, right? Um, What happens when women are not allowed to say no to men? And it's codified as a actual rule. Um, it's, it may start out innocently enough about asking a girl to dance at the dance and she can't say no, but what happens when you then ask the girl for a kiss and she thinks, well, I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't say no to the dance. I had to dance with him. So maybe I have to give him a kiss. You know, what happens when he asks the girl for sex and she's like, well, you know, I had to dance with him. Maybe I can't say no to this. Tell me a little bit more about this. Okay. Okay. So here, this is an article from, uh, MSN. A mother has been left outraged after her daughter's school introduced a policy that states students are not allowed to say no when asked to dance. Natalie Richard from Utah was speaking to her sixth grade daughter. So the daughter's 12. She's very impressionable. Uh Uh-huh. About the upcoming Valentine's Day dance at her school, Canesville Elementary, when she was told about the controversial rule. Her daughter explained that teachers had told the students, aged 11 and 12, that they had to say yes if somebody asked them to dance. In disbelief, Ms. Richard said that she must have misunderstood what they were saying. However, after speaking to the school, she soon realized that the statement was true. The teacher said she can't. She has to say yes. She has to accept. And I said, excuse me? Ms. Richard told Fox 13. (laughs) Shocked by the policy, the mother took the concerns to the school principal, but was simply told that that's just how they do their dances. Lane Finley with the Weber School District confirmed that it is in fact a rule, but added that it's meant to teach students to be inclusive. Please be respectful. Be polite, Mr. Finley said. We want to promote kindness. So when you say yes, so we want you to say yes when someone asks you to dance. Mandatory kindness, Brian. It's they, they, you have to be kind. We, we need, of course, he thinks it's kindness, right? Yeah, right. He doesn't see how rapey it is. Where, where's Kevin Bacon when you need him? Like, I mean, like, there there needs to be a shakeup at this school dance. I mean, I guess at least there's a dance. This isn't Footloose or anything. Right. But, but this is... What the, what the hell, right? This is right? actually it's worse so weird. Yeah. Than, than, than if you were told you couldn't have a dance. Right. This is, you're this being is told it's worse. mandatory dancing. You have to say yes and you have to dance. How old was she? Which is what they say. Six, 12. 12? Sixth, sixth grade. grade. Sixth grade. However, wow. the mother... Okay, the mother has more to say. Ms. Richard, this that's the girl's mother. I hope she has a lot more to say. Oh, yeah. She's fighting it. Yeah, uh, pitchforks and... Or she did fight torches, it. Torches, by all means. <laughs> Ms. Richard believes there are other ways to teach children how to be accepting and that this method sends the wrong message. 
Well, I agree with her. She says it sends a bad message to girls that girls have to say yes, and it sends a bad message to boys that girls can't say no, she explained. Psychologically, my daughter keeps coming to me and saying I can't say no to a boy. That's the message my kids are getting. What the fuck? (laughs) After Fox 13 posted the story on Facebook, hordes of alarmed parents commented in agreement. Many were worried that teaching children to believe that no is an unacceptable answer could make them vulnerable. This is a terrible policy. Yeah, what happened one to that wrote. school message? It's okay to say, or just say right. no. What yeah, just say no to drugs, to stranger danger, but to you men? could just say yes if a boy asks you to dance. What the <laughs> to, hell? to men, yeah. They never got that memo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hear this and, and I just, I don't know. I, I can't. I can't fathom it like that, that today this somehow like even gets past anybody. Like what kind of school is this? I don't know, a Utah school. Well, we goofed up and we just realized that our audio quality was bad, but we're just going to keep rolling because, yeah. you know, it was it was good content. Well, suddenly it made sense. Yeah. I don't know how I missed this in the beginning. I guess I wasn't listening well enough. That the school was in Utah? That it was in Utah. Yeah, that's right. So here's the reason, first off, that there's dances, because as I understand it, it's a training it, ground. It's a gender training ground for marriage. In Mormonism. Yeah, in Mormonism. In Mormonism, dances like are... That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Yep. Like, you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, now now look, I know there's probably some listeners that are Mormons. Okay, and believe me, I, I, I'm sure. Uh, there's probably also listeners who are ex-Mormons. Yes, that too. Um, Yeah, this... Look, this is an outcry. Like, I, I really... I think the way that this got passed... Mm-hmm. The way that this became a thing was literally because of Mormonism. I'm just going to say it. Like, I, I mean, that's right. It's all in keeping with the traditional gender roles. And oh, you know, a boy asks a girl to dance, and the girl's supposed to say yes. Yeah, in just about any other public school, like even 20 years ago when I was in public school, there's no way that this would have lasted. Mm. The, the, this wouldn't have gotten past the board for a second. Yeah. And that's why. And that Generations wow, of women sad. that have been told they can't say no to a man or question or challenge a man. Well, that's well, sad. I have some good news. There's an update. They actually uh, changed the policy Damn because snippy. of the public outcry. So it's 2018, folks. Yeah. Girls should be able to say no to boys. Welcome to the future. Yeah, welcome to the future. It's a good future. There's more coming up. We got our science segment happening here on Sex and Science Hour. You don't want to miss that, so stay tuned. It's the science segment here on Sex and Science Hour. Um, Unfortunately, we had some technical difficulties at the beginning of the show. Um, But speaking of interfering with communications, I got a story here. Bitcoin miner in New York City home interfered with T-Mobile network, FCC says. You got to explain this to me. All right. Yeah, I, I wanted to know more about this, too. Bitcoin miner generated spurious emissions in 700 millihertz, disrupting T-Mobile LTE. A New York City resident was ordered to turn off his Bitcoin miner after the Federal Communications Commission discovered that it was interfering with T-Mobile's wireless network. After receiving a complaint from T-Mobile about interference to its 700 millihertz LTE network in Brooklyn, New York, FCC agents in November 2017 determined that radio emissions in the 700 millihertz band were coming from the residence of a man named Victor Rosario. When the interfering device was turned off, the interference ceased, the FCC's Enforcement Bureau told Rosario in a, quote, notification of harmful interference yesterday. 
you identified the device as an Antminer S5 Bitcoin miner. <laughs> the device was generating spurious emissions on frequencies assigned to T-Mobile's broadband network and was causing harmful interference. The FCC told Rosario that continued interference with T-Mobile's network while operating the device would be a violation of federal laws and could subject the operator to severe penalties, including but not limited to monetary fines, in-rem arrest, action to seize the offending radio equipment, and criminal sanctions, including imprisonment. FCC rules require operators of radio frequency devices to cease operating a device after receiving this type of notification. Operations shall not resume until the condition causing the harmful interference has been corrected. Okay, I'm I'm still not exactly getting what. So here's what happened. Here's, I, I well, I'm, should we I'm explain to, it for the listeners? Go, go ahead. Okay, so um, in order to know about this, you got to know a little bit about radio and the FCC. This guy was running a Bitcoin mining device at yes, his home. Right. It was generating interference, static. Yeah, that's the part that doesn't make sense. How is it's not a microwave? How is it doing that? Like, like what's? Uh, so cause of emissions unknown. It isn't clear. What isn't clear? They say is why the mining device was generating 700 millihertz radio emissions. Wait, millihertz? Megahertz? Yeah, I mean MHZ. Yeah, megahertz. megahertz. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> Shit. Milla, mega. Yeah, yeah. Million. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I mean, like, okay, look, this happens. Like mm-hmm. a mi- like a mi- a high-powered microwave yeah. can kill Bluetooth, can kill Yeah, inter- uh, uh, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi yeah. and all kinds of things. Like, I mean, it's not uncanny for and usually the FCC doesn't come and take your microwave away. Right, okay. because it's not powerful to reach um beyond much of an area, but this this device must have been really throwing off a lot of interference. Wha- they said a hardware design flaw or device modifications made by the user could cause unintended emissions. But the FCC has not made any determination about whether other Antminer S5 devices generate the same spurious emissions. I'm having like this this is really messing with my head, which is why I, I didn't. We talked about what we we're going to talk about before we we're going to talk about before we we're going to talk about on the show, right? And I was like, this one, this doesn't make any sense. Like I like, it's the so, weirdest thing. So to- either he modified he modded the the uh, miner to try to speed it up, uh huh, or all ant miners generate these kind of emissions and they just found out about it because he lives in Brooklyn in a crowded neighborhood. Yeah, but I can't, like I get it. I I understand that. I understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that I cannot think, and and it's I guess maybe it's making me feel dumb. I cannot think of why the hell it, it's do like. I get what it's doing. There's no good reason for why it, it should be for, creating for radio. Do, like waves, like yeah, yeah th- this this shouldn't this shouldn't be happening at all. Like yeah. if we were talking about a router, if we were talking about some other kind of devices, fine. But this is effectively a very specialized computer, right? Okay, that that's that's running, and like. I, I don't like this. This feels like somebody's. I, <laughs> I, the only thing I can imagine is that. Tell first, me the conspiracy okay, that well, you're thinking. Well, of, yeah. first off, somebody's say, some somebody's obviously posting this because it, you know, oh, it's a Bitcoin story. Click, you know, clickbait, right? Um, even though you think there's so many Bitcoin and blockchain stories today, how how could you really have any clickbait from it? Like now, I, th- this this feels like an attempt to smear saying that. Oh, this is sending out some kind of signal. This is a Chinese plot, you know, because Ant Miner. Oh, is, I didn't even think of that, but I love that yeah, angle. Well, well this I, is a great conspiracy. I don't, I don't know, but it, like th- this, this really doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Like, like there's no. That, that's what bothers me about the story is that this 
this literally should like this shouldn't it shouldn't even be, be possible. sending out radio signals yeah like yeah. this this, should, this just shouldn't be possible you know like i i, I don't i'm I'm Could it be like activating a botnet or something like uh, the radio waves or could it be uh, like signaling to other Internet of I Things mean, devices or something? Uh, OK, like on certain frequencies, like a printer can put out radio frequencies. It's not like it can't put out radio frequencies. It's just this is a this is very, very strange. And I just I, I don't grasp of, it. Enough of radio frequency to be interfering with the uh, T-Mobile network. Yeah. It, it, it just yeah something something about this is, is so strange and i don't know what to make of it you know i mean everything like almost any you know everything puts off rf i mean mm -hmm. you, you can't sure you know yeah oh people say it affects humans sure it right. causes your heart to beat it causes people say they can hear it there's like this one town in pennsylvania where there's no wi-fi that people go to get a respite from it yeah yeah to be sensitive to it yeah i wow weird story that's that's all i got <laughs> that and, and and somebody wants to like destabilize bitcoin mining in america by claiming it's all a chinese spy network i don't know mm -hmm. well We've got some new research about single people in 2017, and they're getting more powerful than ever. Oh. Have you heard about this, Brian? No. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about single people. Yeah. So historically, you know, married people have held a lot of clout in society. Yes. But uh, singledom has been on the rise demographically in America. Good. People are getting married later and later, if at all. And uh, being single and living alone is becoming more and more popular. Um. And a record number of adults in 2017 in the U.S. were not married. More than 110 million people in the U.S. were divorced or widowed or had always been single. And that's more than 45 percent of all Americans 18 and up. So almost half of everyone is single of all adults in America. Wow. Mm-hmm. So people, the how people are they saying power? Like, how are they just because of the amount of people? Uh, yeah, because of the amount of people, because of the amount of money they, they're making, because of how happy they are. Uh, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, single people are having more sex than married people. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I knew you would like that. Part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any problem with this. I think that this is, this is wonderful, you know, uh, because I, I mean, I'm in, and I don't know if we're going to end up, I don't think we're going to be talking about this, but like there was a recent, very popular article recently that says something I've been saying for years. Marriage is what's the point? Like it became meaningless once love became a part of marriage. Like, I mean, I mean, before, maybe it was never about love. Well, it wasn't. We know yeah. that. Like, I, I mean, just a little over 100 or not even 100 years ago, marriage and love were not like most of the time were not part and parcel, you know, for the plebes. Sure. Uh, you know, for the little people, for, <laughs> for, the, the, for, well, for, the, for the peons, it was it was a part of love. But for everybody else, it had nothing to do with it. Uh, and so but once once it became really mainstream that marriage and love were the same thing uh, again, which is a very new concept. Uh, I think marriage became meaningless at that point because, hmm. you know, why, what is, I mean, is there anything unsexier than having to sign a contract for love? That's like, <laughs> yeah, that, it definitely creates a lot of problems. I mean, sure. some people, you know, it, they like it, it works well for them, but a lot of people are realizing that, Hey, this is not the only way to live your life and you can be very happy and live a very good quality life without well, it. There's nothing wrong with the relationship style. I'm saying you're literally fetishizing a contract. You're fetishizing a piece of paper. And I think that's awfully strange. <laughs> You know, it is awfully strange. Like, like if you I, think I feel about that it. that's and I don't, that article that I mentioned it wasn't even saying anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm being the extremist here, and, and all hate mail, you know, can go to uh, STFU at uh, at sexandsciencehour.com, <laughs> which <laughs> but, doesn't exist. But way. it would go to me if it did. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying that 
well, I mean, hey, okay, if this is what's happening, then this is a trend that's been going since the 80s, I think. It's been going since before the 80s. It's been going since the 1970s. Sure. Um, so the two biggest takeaways from this, unmarried people have uh, more sex than married people, and they they live longer. Marriage doesn't mean better health anymore. Oh. They, it used to be that like married people, especially men, got a benefit from being married and they actually lived longer. Sure. But now that's maybe not necessarily true. Um, so uh, let's go to the marriage doesn't mean better health. Okay. So in one study, researchers... <laughs> Excuse me. Researchers followed. Wait, really? You're going to leave that in? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> oh, what the heck? I'll leave it in. Okay. <laughs> so, in one of the studies, researchers followed. But I mean, we had an audio glitch in the first wow. part anyway. That's, so. uh, well, all right. I love you. <laughs> I love Go. You too. <laughs> um, in one study, researchers followed more than 79,000 U.S. women between the ages of 50 and 79 over a three-year period, tracking whether they got married or started a serious relationship, stayed married, got divorced or separated, or stayed single. Author Randa Kutob and her colleagues took repeated measurements of the women's waist size, body mass index, blood pressure, and asked them about their smoking, drinking, exercise, and eating habits. With just one exception, every significant finding favored the women who either stayed single instead of getting married or who got divorced instead of staying married. Uh-huh. <laughs> For example, the women who married gained more weight and drank more alcohol than those who stayed sting single. No, no way. The and women. That, how much are they adding in children into this mix? Well, they're 50 years old. So they're oh, over 50 right, years right. old, so they're probably not fair adding enough, children. Fair enough. The women who got divorced ate healthier, exercised more, and had smaller waists than the women who stayed married. The one exception was that the women who were divorced were more likely to start smoking than the women who stayed married. Well, it's because they're having such great sex. Again, <laughs> finally. <laughs> In the second study... St <sighs> <laughs> yeah, they need a cigarette. Yeah. In the second study, a 16-year survey of more than 11,000 Swiss men and women, the people who had married reported slightly worse overall health than they had when they were single, even taking into account changes in health that often occur with age. And in the third study, sociologist Dimitri Tuman surveyed more than 12,000 adults in the U.S. who got married for the first time to see if they described their general health as better after they got married or better when they were single. He broke the data down in several ways. He examined men's marriages separately from women, women's. He conducted separate analyses of the marriages of people born in different decades. He evaluated marriages that lasted for different lengths of time. And in all the scenarios he looked at, with one exception, the people who got married never reported being healthier. The exception was for the oldest women, born ah. between 1955 and 64, whose marriages lasted at least 10 years, who considered themselves slightly healthier. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's a big blow to the idea that marriage makes you healthy. Yeah, sure, right. I, I mean, uh, wow. Now, single people are having more sex than married people. Moving on uh, past the teens to people 18 and older— Adults are having less sex than they used to. Analyzing survey data collected from more than 26,000 people between 1989 and 2014, researchers found that the average person now has sex around nine fewer times per year than the average person in the early 90s. Oh, Brian, I bet you'll have something to say about that. Uh, well. <laughs> Why is it? Is it because of computers, Tinder? Yeah, 
the night the roaring 90s were just so cool and fun that everybody was fucking well, I and think now that they're not the, okay all right so here's the thing is that i'm sure there's less sex going on i guarantee you the amount of masturbation is up a hundredfold <laughs> okay and that's really it it's like now there's so many ways to for at low cost to satisfy a lot of your shall we say primal urges uh that you know like that's that's what people are doing like it's good enough and they're growing up with it with it being there they're growing up with Pornhub being accessible and a lot of, and i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm not knocking it i'm just saying that for a lot They're of getting people, used to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no, there's almost, I mean, you're already paying for cable and internet. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the videos are free. You don't have to deal with the social cost of like potentially having to talk to people and do whatever else. And they're just getting used to it. And, and that's, that's kind of enough for them. And mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, it certainly is. Sure. And Hey, whatever, you know, I mean, if you, and if it's you loving yourself then love yourself, you know, that's Save all right. sex with someone you love. That's right. right. <laughs> um, not all groups followed the same trajectory. The drop in sex was especially pronounced for the people who were dun 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 married or divorced compared to people who had always been single. And I think that that goes along with your theory. Mm -hmm. Like the people who are single, you know, they learn how to satisfy their sexual needs. Yeah. The the ones who are married or divorced, like they probably were depending on their partner. Oh, they can't watch Pornhub. Oh, and they can't watch porn yet. <laughs> you know, sorry. <laughs> or you're going to have to sneak it. <laughs> in fact, they say, according to one of several ways of looking at the data, singles are now having sex more often than married people are. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the other sad part to bring into this mm -hmm. is that, like, if, if sex has dropped, part of it is, like, there's a real depression fest going on these days. I feel bad about it, you know, mm -hmm. but it's there. And I, I think that's and, and look, a lot of things are genuinely terrible. I mean, I say it on my own show on Sovereign Tech. I say it all the time. You know, we live in a sci-fi dystopia. We really do. And, um, you know, like and, and even the there's even the toll of the or the unconscious, I think very much unconscious for some it's conscious, but the unconscious psychological toll of that we're constantly being spied on. You know, and and I think that hits people and, you know, oh, all yeah. these little stories. NSA does this. NSA does that. You may not think it affects your sex life, but unconsciously, you know what's going on. Oh, yeah. People and, are most free when they're anonymous and not being and they feel like they have privacy. Sure. Right. In some ways. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot of that. And and the music. This is another. Oh, I, I don't know how much time I spend on this. <laughs> Well, what just a real quick on the depression yeah, test yeah, yeah. idea. They say a relationship doesn't mean higher self-esteem. Right. As teens shrug at the idea of dating and adults put off or skip marriage altogether, skeptics might wonder, well, aren't they missing out on all the boost of self-esteem that comes from having someone? Well, not really. In a landmark study on the re link between romantic relationships and self-esteem, researchers Eva C. Luciano and Ulrich Orth studied more than 9,000 adults in Germany as they entered or ended romantic relationships and st or stayed single. Their conclusion? Quote, Beginning a relationship improves self-esteem if and only if the relationship is well-functioning, stable, and holds for at least a certain period of time in the present research one year or longer. End quote. People who started new romantic relationships that failed to last a year ended up with lower self-esteem than the people who stayed single. There was nothing magical about marriage either. People who enjoyed, er, sorry, people who married enjoyed no better self-esteem than those who stayed in romantic relationships without tying the knot. Well, a couple things. Um, one, and this is cliche to say, most people that get together are just dying together instead of living together. 
Uh, oh, geez. No, they are. I mean, like, like how many people are actually like continue to grow? Most people get lazy when they get in a relationship and people complain about it and they know people know. This. That's one this, of the big criticisms of marriage is that you can start taking your partner for granted because they're locked in. They yeah. signed that contract. And I mean, I agree with what the article is saying that like, basically, I think there are a lot of people out there who say who think that if they get married, it will make them happy. And they don't even really care, like, who they get married to. They're just, they want a husband or a wife. They want the idea of marriage, of someone who will love them forever. But that's not even necessarily true when you get married. Your spouse could fall out of love with you. They could die. They could become a different person. They could change. You know, like, there's no guarantees about all that. Sure. And, uh, and marriage, just the, the idea of marriage, I think a lot of people think it will make them happy. But in reality, ca- happiness comes from you, not from somebody loving you or somebody keeping you forever or whatever. Well, and look, all of these institutions, dating, boyfriend, girlfriend, marriage, all of the above are cheap today. They are really cheap. I mean, if you need to, and, and I know you love the show and, and that's okay. But like you think of something like Married at First Sight. Okay, like like this, this TV show. show yeah. Right. But I mean, it's making <laughs> But I love it because it makes a mockery of marriage. Well, that's <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. It makes a mockery of marriage, right? So marriage is cheap. Relationships swipe away. You know, like all of it's cheap. And so, uh, yeah, what, people are going to be automatically happy in this shit? Are you kidding me? They are the most superficial relationships on planet Earth today, be it by design from Silicon Valley, Hollywood. You know, or, or or whatever, you know, however it's taking shape. Yeah, no, that, that, that's of, of course, there's nothing unbelievable about what this is saying at all. I mean, like it, it just really makes sense of, of what you're seeing in the cultural zeitgeist today, which lends me to the point I was about. I was going to make a, a couple minutes earlier, yeah. which is music, man. Yeah. Come tell me about the music, Brian. Man, you want to talk about superficial most pop music's pretty superficial today. And look, I'm a fan of pop music overall. I mean, Britney Spears, please, I'm on board. Okay. Um, but a lot of the stuff, you know, they, they've come up with this formula that just works. And I, I'm unconsciously, I think everybody knows it's bullshit. Well, there are apps that can generate pop songs, exactly. right? <laughs> exactly. So there's no real heart behind it. Um, so, but beyond that, the bulk of music today and seemingly what people want to listen to is more of this fucking depression fest. It's more of this like really like, I mean, the, the music, it, there's not, here, for example, okay, for example, like I, I put on over the past couple of weeks, and I don't know what exactly inspired me to do this, but I started, like I popped on Brian Adams' greatest hits, and there was a song, uh, Can't Stop This Thing We Started. I'm grinning ear to ear the whole time I'm listening to that. And I'm going, wow, like th- this is so happy. This is so enjoyable. This is so much fun. Like you can't stop smiling when you listen to it. As long as you can get past the cheese and your life hasn't turned into so much <laughs> shit that you're just like, well, I can't accept any kind of happiness. Okay. As long as you've gotten past that, uh, you, you listen to that and I mean, you're just smiling. It's so wonderful, you know? And, and I think that there's, and this has been going on since the aughts where like the aughts have no, there's no identifier. People talk about this, like for the decade, like there's no real way to describe what the aughts are. It's where you could describe the eighties as the decade of greed, right? The nineties is kind of the sequel to that and everything. Yeah. The, the aughts, aughts was just like, not the aughts has no style. Yeah, 9-11 and right. 2008. I, yeah. Because everything that's, that's being put out there just has absolutely no meaning, no real heart behind it. There's no joy. There's no fun in it. And I think people don't pay attention to the music enough. And there's lots of quotes historically about the power of music. Okay. And I think that 
if if anything is creating a a, a drop in the amount of sex being had, it's because the music fucking sucks today, or at least the music that's that's being put out there on Spotify or on the radio or whatever. And it and that's a damn shame because you have access to more music than ever. You could listen to the entire catalogs for going back for decades, you know, if you wanted to, and nobody does. And and I mean, yeah, I prefer pre two thousand music myself, but at the same time, it doesn't everybody like the music when they were about 20 years old no, and they get y- stuck in a vortex i get that and there's people that say that you think everything sucks after you're 25 okay like i i understand that concept but there's people who have been able to stay out of the misery olympics that are young people that totally get it when they listen to 80s music or they listen to like 90s music or something like this and that maybe survived nirvana you know and were able to like, i was gonna bring up nirvana because there was certainly the share of depressing rock music in the 90s you know, with the flannel shirts is, and but the heroin. you know heroin. what made that a thing? You know what made that a thing? What? Let me tell you what made that a thing. Is that you had the rich, the, the, the children of the rich who were getting so, who were taking all these, you know, at, at high school were getting, you know, I, I sound like an old man, but I'm just going to say it. Getting doped up, drugged up on, on whatever psychological drug that they, you know, I don't know. What, what, I mean, you'd know them better Ritalin. than I. Redland, go down the well, list Well, Redland was plentiful okay. in the 90s. And so yeah. they were depressed as fuck because their parents were doing whatever the fuck they were doing and they weren't paying attention to their kids. So I blame the parents first and foremost. But then the rich kids who were seen as the cool kids in school were listening to the depressing music and then the shit just rolled downhill. Okay, and so that's why these things became like a big deal because it's all lifestyle obsession, you know. As as to where instead of, you know, it's not the old Latin phrase of "live your own life." We'll be back to live our own life here in a minute. This is Sex and Science Hour. You know what's funny? <laughs> Brian's still on his rant, by the way, from last segment. No, I'm good. I'm just gonna say this. I get called a hipster. Bullshit. Okay. You're not a hipster. I'm not a hipster. You can't like Britney Spears and be a hipster. Exactly. I am I'm so far from being a hipster. Okay. The thing is, is there are no hipsters. There's people who think they're hipsters, but really they they just like they can't define themselves. And and that that's that's what it is. They have no idea who the fuck they are. And I've I never, know exactly. I've never really who I am. seen hipster be used in a positive connotation, but no, well, yeah, I, I think there's people who consider themselves more hipsterish and, you know, like they, they think they're edgy when they're not really edgy. They've just bought into another marketing scheme, mm. you know? They, oh. Yeah. I mean, cause rebellion can be its own, its own form of marketing. I mm-hmm. use it myself in my own shit, uh, but I'm well, actually genuinely like, rebellious though. It's like anything, right? Like, yeah, you can try to be rebellious and different and end up being just like everyone else, right? Like, it's like certain tattoos. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Anyway, (laughs) Brian... What about the conservatives who think they're edgy? This is a perfect segue. Oh, man. Well, that the, the wheel is turned. Conservatism yeah. is considered edgelord today, right? Well, the, there's a lot of conservatives who think that they're edgy when they're just saying the same old hackneyed shit that is basically the status quo that 99% of everybody believes in yeah. middle America. You know, but they think they're super edgy and controversial for saying the same things that everybody already believes. Well, have you heard about this? Sex researcher thinks that many cuck-obsessed conservatives may har- harbor private cuckolding fantasies. <laughs> this is like... Have you heard is, about this? This is like the people who... who this is like a, a, 
Because people like the, who hate gays, right? Exactly. The, yeah, yeah. The pastors who preach <laughs> right. about the homosexuality, yeah. yeah, and they're actually in the closet themselves. Well, they're they're not just in the closet; they're in the closet with two guys and a line of coke. I mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean this is this isn't a new concept. It's like they they who doth protest too much, too sure. hard, or something, you know. Um, but you know, there there is a spate of uh conservatives online since about 2016 or 20, 2015 maybe uh they've been using this word cuck as an insult and it's used as an insult to to mean like you know a man who's not really that manly right it, it's mean it's used to to insult someone and say they're they're weak they're not very powerful they're letting women tell them what to do they are you know not being an alpha male they're being a beta cuck isn't like the full definition or isn't like the original definition like a guy that wants another guy to fuck his wife yes that okay. is the real definition okay. of the word okay. cuck it is a sexual fetish wherein usually it's a married man who has a wife mm-hmm. he gets off he gets aroused by seeing in or thinking about or talking about or fantasizing about another man fucking his wife usually the other man has a bigger dick than him Uh or is a stereotypically a person who is stereotypically thought to have a bigger dick like a black man Uh and they get and they get turned on by that that's cuckolding and a woman who likes cuckolding is a cuck queen all right. Yeah. Okay. But the man who likes it is a cuck. Is there a term for a guy that likes seeing another woman fuck his wife? Uh, not yet. Not that I know of. Okay. If you know of it, show Let it at sexandsciencehour.com. That's right. Or you can put it, you can send it into our Facebook page. Our Facebook group is the Sex and Science Hour podcast community. You can tell us about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that is the actual definition of cuckolding. It's a fetish. And by the way, like when we define those terms, there's there's no judgment. We're not kink shaming or judging the fetish or anything like that. Um, I, I do think it's kind of, I don't like the idea that conservatives use this as a non, well, ostensibly non-sexual kind of insult, right? I mean, it's a, it's kind of a good word. It sounds like a little bit like fuck or something like that. It sounds angry, you know. It's like oh, you cuck, you know. It's yeah, it's right, like right, sounds, right. It sounds mean and angry and whatever just by the sound of it. But it it always irked me that they were using it n- incorrectly, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Like I saw somebody in an online argument, this alt right dude. Calling a 12-year-old boy a cuck because the 12-year-old yeah. boy was doing a rap about social justice yeah, and white privilege. And this guy called this little kid a cuck. I'm like, so you know, manly, this kid is probably a virgin. Kids. Like, just leave him alone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So manly. Why don't you pick on someone your own size? Yeah, I still right. haven't forgotten about that. But, I mean, I've seen worse uses, too. But I just always, it always bothered me how they were using the term incorrectly because I always heard it in the fetish sense. I knew what a cuck was before it became into popular parlance. So I'm going to read you from this article, and you can make your own, you can... Make up your own mind about what you think about this. Sex researcher thinks many cuck-obsessed conservatives have private cuckoldry fantasies. This is from Gizmodo. Gizmodo. After a spat about a news story endorsing cuckoldry, a sex researcher suggested on Twitter that many male conservatives are using faux scorn to hide their own personal fantasies of having other men sleep with their partners. The saga began on Thursday when CNN published a story titled Cuckolding Could Be Positive for Some Couples, study says. The Post summarized a journal article recently published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior as follows. Acting on, this is a quote from the the study that this was all based on, 
Acting on cuckolding fantasies can be a largely positive experience for many couples and hardly a sign of weakness. <laughs> Cuckoldry, of course, is when a person's partner bones a third party. As a sexual fantasy, it frequently involves that person watching. Hey, you know what? Maybe if you want to see your wife get fucked by a woman with a strap on, that could be cuckolding. Okay. I think that counts, right? Uh, what do you What do you guys think? Uh, Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> As a sexual fantasy, it frequently involves that person watching. For right-wing trolls, the concept has become a meme bordering on a verbal tick with cuck used as an insult to refer to conservatives who are not right-wing trolls and generally to men they consider weak. The slur often has racist undertones. Alt-right memes regularly depict, depict cucks, in quotes, perpetuating, perpetrating, quote, white genocide by inviting black men to sweep with their wives. The horror! <laughs> the study published last month studies only 580 gay men, and we initially chose not to write about it at all. Promoting cuckoldry in the science section of a tech blog seemed frankly off-brand, and I typically shy away from covering survey-based correlation studies, which I think have inherent weaknesses. That is, until Paul Joseph Watson, editor-at-large for the right-wing conspiracy theory peddling website InfoWars, shared a screenshot of the post— we assume derisively, that, and David Lay, one of the study's authors, responded. So Paul Joseph Watson tweets this article from CNN saying, CNN is literally promoting cuckoldry. <laughs> and then David Lay responds, As one of the authors of this research, I find this thread fascinating. I've noted the conservative obsession with cuckolding, hashtag cuckolding, and suggest that this faux scorn masks a whole lot of hidden fantasy and desire. <laughs> I love that response. Lay said, I honestly didn't know who he even was. He's talking about Paul Joseph yeah, Watson, yeah, yeah. who we tweeted yeah. that. But the research indicates that it is extremely likely that many of his followers enjoy this sexual fantasy. I always get sad and concerned when I see people publicly shaming healthy, normative sexual fantasies and behaviors. Hopefully by opening up this dialogue, some of his followers might feel less ashamed and concerned about their fantasies. I love that. It's so condescending, but it's like just awesome at the same time. It's just great. Yeah. <laughs> According to Lay, forthcoming research by study co-author shows that as many as 58% of males, quote, endorse a fantasy of watching their female partner with other men. So as many as 60% of men might literally be into cuckolding, at least fantasizing about it. Based on those numbers, Lay suspects that many of Paul Joseph Watson's followers are included. Yeah, you know... Uh... I, I think, all right, so, so two points. Okay. One, I think if you're part, and Paul Joseph Watson is part of a broader movement, you know, like the whole InfoWars yep, thing, and, and right. one could even maybe include concepts like a liberty movement, things like this, okay, <sighs> yeah. uh, that, that people wrap him up with, and or conservative movements, whatever. I think guys even buying into movements might be a sign of... Uh, not being a real man, you know what I mean? Why? No, I don't know what you mean. How, explain that. You're going to well, have to back that up. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, if, if you're already, like, I think a lot of times people want to get involved with, like, Paul Joseph Watson is very, very political, you know, and you'd want to, and to, get, like, fall into political movements and all this stuff. Like, I feel like you're not really having enough strength of character to just change your own life and, and really, like, take charge of what you can actually control and everything. You're You're trying to... You're trying to join, a, you're joining a herd. You know, you're falling into a herd mentality in a very real sense with a lot of this stuff. 
Uh, so, so you're not a, not being a leader. So therefore, you're not a real man. Well, it's not a leader. Mm-hmm. It's more like an anti-leader, which doesn't mean follower. So, yeah. Well, that's very interesting, Brian. I still think that it's just great that I mean, I do think that one more people are kinky than they admit. Two more people have. You know, fantasies that may may not be considered quite exactly mainstream sure. that they don't want to admit. And three, a lot of those people who have those fantasies and feel ashamed of them protest too much yeah. as a way of keeping them secret. So, you know, just we're here to say on this show, just it's okay. Whatever what? you're into is okay. Just, you know, don't shame other people for it and don't shame yourself for it. And, you know, maybe look into it or explore it. At least try looking into accepting that part of yourself. Yeah. Because it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know we were going to talk through the music. Um, but, okay, so real quick, my other point is is that uh, as big as I am on privacy and security and all that, especially when it comes to cybersecurity, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, one day, one day I want Pornhub you know, like like all of their metrics, all of their views, and the IP addresses and everything. I want all of that to leak. Like I just want it to come out. And I well, want... they already released the the search terms. Well, they release like anonymous, yeah, uh, anonymous, like, like more anonymous data. data. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I want to see because I want to find out. You know that like oh look at, at all of these family men and all these other people. Oh, they're watching somebody like because you know you can go on Pornhub and and the videos can come up where it's literally. My wife gets fucked by BBC, you know, or something like that. And it just, it, it would be, I mean, they are holding the keys. Pornhub is really holding, like, they, nobody understands just how much they are the bulwark of, of civilization because they are keeping all of this from falling apart. Because if they let loose what they know, it'd be all over. Everything. I mean, it just, <laughs> it, it'd be done because, the, you know, the, the, the curtain would be pulled, the ruse would be up. I mean, it, I agree. That would be um, a very heroic thing. That would be like, you know, I mean, I'm all about privacy, but there are days where I just want to be like, no, I want I want the whole world to know you're I mean, just as much a fucking freak as the rest of us. You know, the the leaks of the Ashley Madison stuff were a lot like that. Yeah. You know, there were yeah. so many people on it. There were so many, so many people. Um yeah, I mean, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. But anyway, um, maybe we can help bring about the downfall of uh, society, right? Of prudish, yes! prudish society oh, by uh, love talking to people about how to talk dirty. Because we got a question about that. You're already talking as hot as I could get. Bring downfall of society, please. Man, I got a student offer the size of. Oh, I'm just being hyperbolic. I don't want a really society to fall down. Oh, I mean, society doesn't exist anymore. Anyway. Uh, But we did get this question. Okay, so this person says, hey, freaky people, here's a juicy question for you. My new man is amazing in bed, and he's the best dirty talker. I'm okay at dirty talk, but nowhere near his level. He says the hottest things to me, very original and specific to me. And I want to be on his level without sounding corny, since I'm not as good at it. I'm not as good at it as he is. Any tips for talking super dirty to your guy during sexy time? He's a little older than me, and I want to please him as much as possible since he does that for me. Thanks. Wow, what a great email. Yeah, that's that was actually a post in our Facebook group. Right, yes. Yeah. So, Brian, what are your tips for talking dirty? Oh, boy. Um, okay, so what you need to know, like, I mean, there's a lot of, there are guys, I don't want to just say guys, because this is going to be true for anybody. 
there's different types of what people are into, like what kind of auditory feedback that they want. Some yes. people just want more abstract moans and like sometimes really wild moans. And I don't think like I get faking orgasm is, you know, that that that's that's a bit of a, a landmine situation, uh, I think. But, you know, faking moaning. I think is, is totally fine. Like, like there's nothing wrong with it because it, you know, you could almost treat it as a role play and, and so much of sex, what can make sex fun is, is a degree of role playing and things like this. So maybe they're more into moaning. I mean, you, you kind of have to find out what they're more, what they're into. And you can only do that by testing and see what they, what they respond to. Sometimes it's they just, really, you know, it's not really about faking moaning. I think as much as it is about like, just letting that moan out, well, you know, yeah. cause sometimes we suppress how we feel, you know, and this is like, if your partner likes to hear it, then just train, you know, tra get comfortable with actually letting, letting it out and making an authentic sound. Yeah. Faking might be the wrong term, but you exaggerating. Some guys like really like a like a crazy moan that maybe a person would just never really make, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I'm saying my point in, in saying that, I, yeah, fake is the wrong term for me to use is that sometimes they just like really abstract sounds. Sometimes what they like is a narration of what you're of what they're doing to you, mm -hmm. you know, and for some people, that's like the absolute hottest thing. And that's a great thing to practice anyway, is that kind of narration. I mean, and that's easy, dirty talk because you're literally just describing what's going on, but you just use all the, you know, dirty words for all the dirty bits, you know, and, and that, that, that kind of makes it very simple as far as that goes. One of my pieces of advice was get comfortable saying those words. Yeah. If you're alone in your car, driving to work in the shower or whatever, you're not with him, start saying pussy, 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 <laughs> pussy, 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 until you feel like just so comfortable saying it that it could come out of your mouth naturally in a sentence or yeah. whatever word trips you up. Maybe it's a word that you like that turns you on because everybody has different sort of like names for genitalia and sure. like sex acts and things like that that turn them on. But, you know, maybe you don't feel comfortable actually saying those words. So just practice. Practice until it's second nature and then you won't feel embarrassed in the moment. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Uh, what else, Brian? Oh, uh, you were talking about the narration. Can I yeah, jump go, in on that? Please, please. Okay, so there's there's a, a bunch of easy ways to come up with stuff to say. You can always just say what you're doing, right? right. Like, for example. I'm having so much fun bleeping your bleep, you know, <laughs> whatever you're doing, like, oh, I really like blah, your blah. Yeah. I really like blahing your blah, blah. <laughs> and I, because I, I'm just thinking of this, the top of my head, because I don't know. Sure. But, you know, then you can ask, would you like it if I dot, dot, dot? Mm -hmm. Would you like it if I do this? Would you like it or do you like it when I do this? Or I'm going to do this. Would you like if I do this? Sure. Yeah. No, that's good. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, do you want me to? You want me to go with another yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Another thing: adjectives, names, and prefixes and suffixes. Okay. And real quick, if you add the word "come" in front of just about any term, like or any any name that you give for yourself, you know, uh, it's probably going to turn a guy on. You know, because you know, like, well, I guess just for an example. You're using the term slut, okay, during sex. Put the word come in front of that. It's going to make it. What are you holding your hands for? <laughs> <laughs> you know this works. <laughs> no comment. No comment. Okay. 
the other thing um, that that might be enjoyable is like I, I don't know having a, a pet name for your guy since this is a gal to a guy, and that pet name could be Master Sir Captain all kinds of things something that makes him feel like not a cuck right yeah sure something that makes him feel like <laughs> something kind of like powerful. makes him feel like the man yeah. yeah and and then another thing to do with that is that i i've never known a guy who didn't like hearing the phrase big in front of anything being talked about of course okay of course yeah even if it's like big shoulders or something yeah exactly it doesn't have to be dick no, like yeah. it, it could you put big in front of anything but i it mean probably will be dick of course yeah sure which is fine uh so <laughs> Whether it's true or not, what the hell? No, I mean, I like pet names. I, I yeah. love I love terms, little terms of endearment that make me feel special and right. cherished and taken care of and stuff like that. Yeah, the pet names is a, I mean, again, they can be very masculine pet mm-hmm. names, you know, very powerful pet names. But the pet names is a big one because, like, pet names can can really, I, I think they can fire off stuff in the brain just like a hug. I mean, like, it, it's a closeness. It's a genuine closeness that you can feel. Uh, so th- that's a really important part of Dirty Talk, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah, I'm. I like that use of adjectives. Some people really get off on like the je- exaggerating the gender kind of the gendered kind of stuff. Like you sure. know they, they want to feel masculine or they want to feel feminine. But you can always take the gender out of it and just say that your partner is beautiful or like they make you feel so good. Like tell them how good they make you feel. Yeah. yeah. All right. Last one. This yep. is it. It even if you don't want to have kids, let me tell you, saying I want to have your babies or something like that. Because even then, it's even more of a forbidden fruit, Make right? sure they know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> Negotiate right. that in advance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but something like that, that can do you things. You just heard sex All right, we've got our after show coming up. Game That's over. been negotiated. Play again Stay next tuned. week. After show, Brian has found out what jeweling is. I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to. God damn it! <laughs> what is jeweling, Brian? You saw this on an. You saw this. Where did you see it today? First of all, where did so you? Bad. How did you first so get bad. introduced to this term? Parents, don't say we never try to help you. All right. <laughs> I saw. I was on io9. Okay, which is uh, a property. Uh, well, not Gawker really anymore. But anyway, it, it's where I, I find out about a lot of shit that's coming out that's uh, nerd related. And on the sidebar, they'll have, because it's part of all these different properties, like Gizmodo and Lifehacker and all, all those different ones. Uh-huh. And on the left-hand side, they'll have stories from their other properties. And one of them was what parents need to know about jeweling. And all there is is there's this young girl in it, and she has, like, smoke around her and everything on the thumbnail. And I'm like, look. And I said to myself, I was like, all right, I think I'm getting old. Because I don't fucking want to know what the hell that is. Like, I, I, I have no interest in finding out what jeweling is. Ooh, all the kids are doing it. Like, yeah, yeah I don't think, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever heard of it. I no, mean, don't right. feel bad. <laughs> right. But the thing is, I, I realized, of course, what it really is. I'm, I'm not 
getting old. Uh, in fact, I'm like one of the youngest people I know, or one of the most youthful people I know. Um, what's really going on is like, I, I think I've turned, I've been able to turn off the, um, I'll read whatever I'm told to read, uh, uh programming in my brain. Yes. So, which most other have. people can't do, you know, I mean, just look on Twitter, but <laughs> anyway, so jeweling is the, is a jewel. J U U L is a, a little e-cigarette that looks like a flash drive. That looks like a very tiny flash drive. Okay. But it's an e-cigarette. Can and you take so, it through the TSA? R- probably. Okay. And so that that's that's the thing. You can is hide that, it from your parents. Yeah. Or you, it just it looks like something that might have schoolwork on it or whatever. I guess. Mm-hmm. And so kids are jeweling in the you know in the boys' room these days. <laughs> and <laughs> so it's basically like vaping. Yeah, it's vaping. Okay. That's all it is is vaping. And but it's they call vaping it, from something that's disguised to look like a flash drive. Right. And so okay. they call it jeweling. And it's and like this is news. Like what? What the fuck? Can, yeah, can, what the fuck? Seriously, kids have been smoking <laughs> forever. For, uh, come on, I, oh, and I, I told myself earlier. In fact, I, I, I told us to Stephanie. This was just before or while we were having dinner. I said, so I saw the story. <laughs> I said, what parents need to know about jeweling, and I don't want to know. Like I didn't click on it. I'm not interested. <laughs> you did. You did. Tell and then me that. suddenly, like I was like, you know, or I went back to io9, and I was, and there's that story, and I'm like, you know. <laughs> fucking shit and so i click on it i'm like all right what is this jeweling just because i was so pissed off about it and i click on of course i have my ad blocker on so they're not making money off of me and um, are they mining cryptos with your browser yeah my ad blocker yeah. would block that too okay. thankfully but um anyway yeah that, that's what it is wow. jeweling folks so do you do you feel how do you feel about the fact that you looked and found out what it was <laughs> i feel bad for the kids <laughs> Like, why do they have to cover it? Why do they have to use a jewel? Why do they have to cover it up? You know, just let it be, for fuck's sake. You're not going to stop anything. Yeah. You know? I I mean... Well, I mean, how about, yeah, how about, like, maybe give your kid a childhood that they don't have to use substances to medicate themselves? Yeah. I know people are not going to like that, Uh, but... (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, you know, here's the thing, right, is that kids think when they do this stuff, I think, what they think... And I've asked some, and I was one at one point, not that I did this stuff, but you know, they're, they're, they, they think they're being rebellious and it's cool and blah, blah, blah. And it's something, you know, the establishment, whatever doesn't want them to do, et cetera. And like, the thing is, is that if it's enough for there to be some kind of goddamn story about it on Gizmodo or wherever, um, like, obviously it's not very individualistic. It's not very rebellious. It's not very original. You know, one of the best statements I ever heard out of a, out of a guy who's not, who I love his music, but he's not the brightest Ozzy Osbourne, his daughter wanted to get a tattoo and his response, he got her one, but his response was like, well, why do you want to do that? Everybody has a tattoo. That's not original. You know, that's not very individualistic. And I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, Ozzy's covered with him, but his point was sound is that, you know, I mean, I think. So he's a hypocrite, but he's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really like, like. You know, instill in children, first off, yeah, give them an environment where they don't need to be self-medicating if that's what this is about. And yeah. I'm not saying it always is. Okay. But instill in them a sense, like, like, let the, let the rebelliousness, like, like, you know, uh, uh, foster that, you know, like, like, and, and let them true know. Rebelliousness, yeah, true like rebelliousness. Yeah, true rebelliousness. Right. True yeah. originality. Like, res- like, stop expecting your kids to grow up in any certain way let them be whatever and, yeah. and, and foster that in them. They are. and then you know what I, I bet they probably wouldn't do half this shit 
Because, I agree. Because they would see it as, oh, wait, that's what the majority does. Right. And, you know, smoking isn't actually rebellious. Like, it's when you smoke, you're like a slave to, to cigarettes. Sure. You're beholden to those cigarettes. You have to have them or else you get really irritable and uncomfortable. And they you, you have to keep paying money to these big cigarette companies. So it's not rebellious. It's like the most corporate thing you can do. Yeah, it is pretty corporate. I like the way you put that. That's pretty fuck. Yeah. Smoking is pretty fucking corporate. I'm, I'm running with that. That's awesome. All right. Anyway. Uh, so what did people buy through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com? Which isn't corporate at all. <laughs> no, it's not corporate. That's rebellious. Yeah. <laughs> We're being very rebellious. Um, <laughs> our show, you know, our after show is brought to you by stuff.sexandsciencehour.com, where you can get any of the stuff that you hear about uh, through the after show or actually really like almost anything at all. <laughs> and if you buy it through that link, stuff.sexandsciencehour.com, you will be uh, featured on our next after show because we get a list of all the items that were purchased. We, we can't see who bought them, but you will be, uh, you'll be on there and you'll know it's you, but nobody else will know it's you. So it's a little cool way to participate in our show. So it doesn't look like you can buy a jewel on there, but you can buy skins for the jewel. Okay. Yeah. Skins are like... Oh, there's one with Jesus on it. A Jesus flash drive that's actually an e-cigarette. <laughs> well, I've seen a, everything now. It's a sticker now. that you put over it of, <laughs> of Jesus. Well, well you, I mean, if you want to be like the most high, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> God gave us all the plants, you know. Dominion People use or... <laughs> that for justification for cannabis. I, I think cannabis Christians are really entertaining. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Let's go. <laughs> what did people get through stuff.sexandsciencehour.com this week? Well, we got a Luke 01040 clutch set. Someone's replacing the clutch in their vehicle. Pop it. Yeah, pop the clutch. Exactly. Someone got a, oh God, Indusco Machinated steel marlin spike, eight inches in length. What the fuck are they going to do with this? <laughs> I'm not going to say on air. <laughs> uh, what do you think? I mean, it. No, I told you I'm not going to say it. <laughs> so it could be for a boat. There's like these sailing things that are coming up. They could be nailing someone to a cross, like literally. Uh, they could be. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um. Skechers sport. I'm just going to move on from that one. Yeah. It's really weird. Uh, Skechers sport men's afterburn memory foam lace up sneakers. Ooh, memory foam sneakers. Oh, that sounds they good. They come in black, Brian. They do come in black. I'll buy but them. do they come in size 13 or however big your feet are? Pretty big. <laughs> Elecro 10.1 inch Raspberry Pi uh, resolution display monitor gaming screen with built in speakers. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool. That was only 100 bucks. That's worth awesome. every penny since the computer is only mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> the 30 bucks 50 30 bucks yeah. <laughs> yeah uh try me tiger sauce someone keeps getting this sauce they must have a restaurant or something try All me right. tiger sauce is this like spicy exotic soy sauce with a cayenne pepper base astronaut ice cream neapolitan mint cookies and cream sandwich and chocolate chip freeze pack of five I've had too much of this stuff in my life. I've never had this astronaut ice cream. Oh, they always I'm had it at the Children's dairy. Museum. And, oh, I'm sorry. I know they did. They always had the Dippin' Dots and yeah, the astronaut ice cream. The ice cream of the future. Mm. Those Dippin' Dots were pretty good. Maybe that's why I can always see six months in advance what's going to happen. You eat enough astronaut ice cream, it'll do things the to you. The ice cream of the future. All right. <laughs> Bee pollen, low moisture, whole grains. 
This is what you have, Brian. This is the same bee pollen you have. Woo! Oh. 10 ounce for 22 bucks. Yeah, I use this yep. all the time. Yeah. Feeling why it right you, now, Why actually. do you take bee pollen? Oh, I got to take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to explain why you take the bee pollen after that? <laughs> That's why I take the bee pollen. Oh, it makes you no. I, well, I mean, it does. It keeps you regular. It, it, <laughs> Those bees never have constipation. It, Did it you does. notice that? Uh, it's a superfood. I mean, like uh-huh. it's just loaded. It, it's just dense with nutrients, uh-huh. uh, and I put it in my shakes. Then why that, does it make you shit if it's so dense with nutrients? Well, we didn't get to the story, but, you know, fiber is really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did have a story about fiber. We'll have to save it for next week. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, it depends how much you take and you build up a tolerance to it. Like eventually you're just going to take one of those bottles and like put the whole thing in your shake. And, <laughs> you know? I figured because it was like, you know, pollen. A lot of people are allergic to pollen. It might cause like a histamine release or something. Oh, no, it's not an allergic reaction. OK, it's just a pro- you know byproduct. Got it. Samsung rechargeable flat top batteries pack of six. Uh, 250 milli AH. What's that? Ampere. Milli amperes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, the Satanic Scriptures Woo! by Peter Gilmore, illustrated by Timothy Patrick Butler. That's wow. Cool. I, Church this of is Satan. A, well, all right. I want to say it's a great book, mm-hmm. but there's a couple chapters in there, particularly to do with like fascism that are, uh, so, uh, is it satanic to be a fascist? That's what they have in the description. Oh, well, there do you they, go. Do they think that fascism is is in line with Satanism? Uh, hmm. Personal power is personal power. I mean, like Oh, my that's, God. Yikes. Uh, so I actually, my copy of this, which I have, um, just got sent off to get scanned at $1scan.com. $1 bookscan.com. So, so anyway. this, it says April 19th, 2017. Yep. It's the new edition from... uh, They talk about fascism now? Yeah. Well, I mean, Peter Gilmore, so he's kind of the guy that that took over for for Anton. And Mm -hmm. he... I mean, he gets pretty extreme. Wow. You know, in a lot of what he says. I think he goes directions that maybe Anton LaVey wouldn't have. But Wow. um, Interesting. Yeah. It's... Well, like, in in the abstract, I kind of get it. The idea is that, uh, boy, you're just looking at me and I'm like. (laughs) Well, you sound like you're going to say something. I'm curious to see what you're going to say. Okay. Fascism's not a good thing. Fascism. Right. I agree with that not being a good thing. Yeah. Okay. But what stops fascism from being a part of a healthy human being or, or, or part of like the healthy human condition? What should stop it is the biological universal or a part of you that is empathy empathy is a biological uh, uh, constant constant yeah mm-hmm. whatever i mean like it's a part of it's a part of your the human makeup okay it's not it's not a philosophy i think people think of empathy as like a philosophy or some kind of like moral code or something like that no it's biological it's a function it's a function yeah, yeah thank you biological function that's the word i was looking for and that that is you know only when you lose that do I think you could possibly think fascism is okay. But in the abstract notion that, like, whatever you're capable of, who's to stop you? Well, I mean, it's kind of nihilist, but, you know, who is to stop you? I, I mean, I mean that like, that's, it, it's, 
you're getting in a very post you're getting very post morality you know in, in, in saying this <laughs> oh my god i don't know if we can ever get past morality i mean <laughs> well you, i mean well morality doesn't exist like i mean it, like really and and this isn't a satanic thing like the, this isn't part of the church of satan the idea that morality doesn't exist there's lots of people there's people who would be who, who honestly would love christianity that uh that think morality doesn't exist i'm not going to mention any name okay what I'm just thinking about that. Morality doesn't exist. Right. What do you mean by that? Okay. G- tell me a moral. Give me a moral. Um, it's immoral to hurt someone. Uh, immoral to hurt somebody. Okay. It's okay. Here. How about this? Do not initiate force on someone else. Says who? Like the NAP. <laughs> oh, right. But like, but like where, like, measure like morality and morality why is that immoral so, is that so morality is is like is is kind of the, the the framework for not exactly but for this conversation it's like the framework for rights okay well what are rights like show me rights mm-hmm. measure rights for me like like scientifically i want to see the experiment that shows rights appear they don't. They don't exist. It's a social construct. You know. You know oh, I mean? sure. It's a social right. construct. It's a social construct. I mean, social con- constructs still exist, even if they're intangible. They don't exist. Like... They're agreed upon. Mm-hmm. That those are two very different things. Like existence is an objective reality. Okay. A, a, a something agreed upon. Sure, it's agreed upon, but that doesn't mean that it's a part of the of, of your like necessarily your biological makeup or things like this. Okay, I think there's things that stop you from doing what would be considered immoral. There's mm-hmm. biological functions that would okay. stop you from I think doing I see things what that, you're are, saying. Yeah. that are immoral. Mm-hmm. Okay, but in the abstract, outside of say those biological functions and stuff like that, like who's to stop somebody? Like, like where does the rule come from? Right? Why that you is can't it? Do why this? is it immoral? Or why are certain things considered moral? Yeah. Right. I mean, because no, like nobody would tell. Like, is it? You know, to 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 walk a high wire across, you know, two two towers or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, is that immoral? Mm-hmm. You know, no. I mean, you can do it. Who's to stop you from doing? Nobody would say that about doing that. But then, why does that change for any other action or any other any other uh, feat that you try to uh, engage in? Sure. Why why do those suddenly become immoral? You know, like it, it doesn't. It's an uncomfortable thought to think about, and I get what Gilmore is saying. Okay. But he's ignoring the fact that our consciousness, our ego, who we are, what we is part and parcel with our human body. Um, yeah. And the human body, a healthy human body, doesn't engage in these sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a shocking way. It's a great way to sell books, you know, uh, and like I would never support, you know, and just because something has just because something can be done doesn't mean that it needs your support. You know, and so I'd never support fascism or anything like that. But I, I, I haven't. I get what Gilmore is saying. Um, but he's again, like I said, he's missing the fact that, um, you know, th- like there's there's biological functions that that should stop this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no fascism on my biological functions. Right. <laughs> All right. We got big pens. I know this is very fascinating, but we have to move on. <laughs> We got a 21 pack of Bic black pens. That's when someone keeps taking your pen and you have to keep replacing it. 
We got a Mueller fitted left wrist wrap, uh, small mediums for somebody who needs like a wrist brace for carpal tunnel or uh-huh. an injury. We got Sunstone Volume 5. This is like a, it looks like an anime oh, or something. Oh, no, you would love Sunstone. Really? Why? Because it's, it's all gay? lesbian. Oh, my God. It's it all, looks gay. Yeah, I all, like it. I already hell. like it. Tons of BDSM. <laughs> you would love I'm Well, it's bi, too. I mean, like, it's all that. Oh, Sunstone's a great comic series. Oh, cool. Series. It's oh, a comic yeah. series. Okay. I'm a big, big fan. Ooh, yeah. This looks really gay. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, it's kinky. <laughs> I have all the volumes. I can, I can send them to you. Oh, man. Another graphic novel-looking book called Us. It's a book of heartwarming sketches about the everyday intimate moments that make up a marriage. All right. That looks kind of cute. Uh, maybe a little cheesy, but cute. <laughs> <laughs> HDMI cable, six feet. You always need one of those. Handy. Kenobo USB silent click wireless mouse for $9.99. Uh, one of the mice I reviewed. Lego Ninjago movie minifigure blind bag pack. So the Ninjago movie. Cool. Okay. Scooby Apocalypse number 22. Webcam cover slider. This is cool. You put it over your webcam instead of doing like a sticky sticker. Yeah, these are nice. You just slide the cover. You slide it closed or open. Yeah, I definitely like that. Yeah, I'm a fan. Now Foods beef gelatin hydrolyzed. That's like, you know, a form of collagen. We're just talking about that today. Wet Ones Antibacterial Hand and Face Wipes. Pledge Floor Cleaner. Ninja Blender. And uh, Bicycle Kickstand. And uh, that's basically it, folks. Yeah. Oh, Bike Motorcycle Handbar Stem Phone Holder, too. Right on. Yeah. Thanks for listening to The After Show. This has been Sex and Science Hour. Stop.sexandsciencehour.com. And we'll see you next week. Woo!